Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn, our best friends. Well, I know it sounds crazy, but if we slept in the same room, my parents would think we were having sex. Oh, yes, I love sex. God, it's my mother. Close your eyes. What? and Goldie Hawn. Yes. In a very special relationship. You like it? Yes, I like it. You want to have it? I like it. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I think we should. What? Go ahead and tell it. Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn are best friends. Best friends. No need to leave. Let's your best friend. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am back once again with Steph DeWagoner. I'm happy to be back so soon. Well, you recommended this movie. I do. I do. This is the perfect one for us. We, sh we definitely need to do this one. It's Best Friends from 1982, starring Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn. It was a moderate hit, and this was the... This was the beginning of the end of Burt Reynolds, <laughs> of uh, being a, you know a top an A list movie star. Inter okay, interesting perception. Now we've talked about Goldie Hawn before because we talked about Goldie Hawn on your other podcast, the Dan Aykroyd podcast, with the movie Seems Like Old Times, uh, which is more gooder. Oh, which is more gooder? That's right, it was. Which is more gooder? <laughs> Should I say that again so you can no. edit it and fix it? No. Okay, that's right. You have three podcasts. Yes. So, yes, so this was at the end. He was still a big name at the time, but this was when his... Because I think the next movie he did was Stroker Ace, and that was just... And, and then that was just a steady decline through the 80s and the 90s until, like, Boogie Nights, that mm -hmm. he got a resurgence. Mm -hmm. So, But you know what? He also did Evening Shade. He did a TV show, so... But this was, like, on the last... The, the tail end of his movie... Uh, superstardom being the top being the top being the top dot uh, because we did a, a burt reynolds movie called the last movie star which was a movie right? based on his life and for like six years he was the number one box office draw That's right and this was at this is right after that so you, you can't there's always somebody you know they always taught, somebody they coming taught you in the movie showgirls if they taught you there's already somebody coming down the stairs right behind you. right <clears throat> This is after Goldie Hawn did Seems Like Old Times with Chevy Chase, but it's before she did another one of her romantic comedies, Protocols. So this is like after Private Benjamin, after Seems Like Old Times, but before Protocols. This is kind of at a peak for Goldie, because Goldie was really doing a lot of romantic comedies and movies in the early 80s. Goldie Hawn is like, to me, sneaky famous. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, she's la laughing and Academy Award for Cactus Flower. And I have always loved Goldie Yeah, Hawn. I like Goldie Hawn too. But always it's, have enjoyed you know, Goldie you, Hawn. But when you think, uh, when you name a, you know, name a, 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 an oh, A-list celebrity, it's, nobody ever says Goldie Hawn. Yeah, Meryl <laughs> Streep. Or, or, but it's it's never Goldie Hawn. And she's, right. oh, you know, she's, she's, good and she's she's been around for years so my understanding is that for years burt reynolds and goldie hahn had been trying to find a project to do together they would get together for dinner they would go over scripts and there would always be what burt reynolds said was some kind of inequity it was the the man the male role was bigger or was sort of the driving force or the female role was you know kind of the it wasn't an equal movie and they really wanted something they could both equally do together and they got this script and written by barry levinson and valerie Curtin, who were a couple at the time so this is very much based on their marriage their relationship um a lot of people know the name barry levinson people not as many people would know valerie Curtin, but the minute you saw her you'd know who she mm -hmm. is She's a character actress. She appeared in the TV show Nine to Five, um, you know, based on the mm. movie. She's in this movie. She has a scene in this movie. Um, did, did you realize that was her, the lady? No. The lady sitting in the crib holding the baby. Who I thought was, um, 
Mary Steenberg oh. when I first saw her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she looks kind of like she's sort of a nebishy, 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 nebishy. I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. It's Yiddish. Um, but yeah, she's the, you, you recognize her. She was very, uh, you, you would see her in a lot of different stuff mm. in the 80s playing like the best friend, the neighbor, you know, something like that. So the movie is about this screenwriting couple based on uh, Barry and her relationship. And, and but so, so the odd thing is that they broke up before this movie came out. It's interesting. I, I, did you watch the trailer? I haven't watched the trailer. So this is one of these movies where I feel like the trailer does not do it justice. A lot of times you see a movie and you see the trailer and then you see the movie and you're like, oh, I feel like nowadays you see a trailer and they give away. They give away everything in the trailer nowadays. The trailer for this actually makes me mad because it gives away the end of the movie, the very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. But also they're trying to position it as like a wacky romantic comedy. This is not a wacky it is romantic not. comedy. Now, I actually really like this film. I've always liked this film. I was excited when you said we were finally going to do it. But in my brain, I had remembered this being a funnier movie. It's funny, but it's not wacky funny. It's not wacky funny. And I can't, if I've seen this before, I didn't remember it. Because really? I, yes. I watched it. It was like watching it for the first time when I watched it the other day. I, I honestly, if you sprung this on me, I could still talk about it. Like, I've seen it that many times. No, but no. It was good to watch it again with, like, a real keen critical eye the different twist on this rom-com is they start off as a couple so there's right. no cute meat there's no falling in love they're already an established couple right at the beginning of the movie burt reynolds wants to get married and goldie hawn like the typical woman is afraid of commitment uh, <laughs> no. that's actually the funny twist in that this is movie, the funny right? twist is... that's the twist in the beginning is he very much uh, you know they're 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 a Known couple, a couple known for screenwriting. They're, they're. I guess you would call them a power couple. Yeah, uh, which, they're not super powerful. I think they're, you know, is Ron Silver the their agent or is he a movie producer? I he's the movie producer. I okay. don't think he's their agent. So Ron Silver, character Who, actor, character actor, great, go, great character good. actor. Yeah, always good. Ron Silver, typical Hollywood. You know, uh, you know, guy. you know when they wrote this, this was. Like an amalgamation of every movie producer they've ever had to deal with. You know they were. You know that they've been in a meeting with a guy like this. Yes. So, but uh, yeah, I mean they've had the successful movie. He's got them working on another project. You know, so they're on a high kind of professionally. Uh, they're in a relationship. They're about to buy a house. Like everything. Yeah, this is kind of a weird. The the tra trajectory of this movie is different than the usual romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. But it, I would say it's still a romantic comedy. It's just not a like fall down the stairs romantic comedy. No, it's not. It's not chasing her to the airport before she leaves for Paris. Right. Romantic comedy. Right. And Goldie Hawn is just she has that uh, she has that scene with um, what's her Valerie Curtin. How she just feels if once you get married, then your life, the next step is death. I, I would have liked to see another scene with her, with Valerie Curtin, or maybe with like Valerie Curtin and her husband, so we could see like couple friends, like like who is Valerie Curtin's character married to, and is he friends with Burt Reynolds' character? Like I would have liked to have seen like another like a dinner out, something that would really solidify again maybe why Goldie doesn't want to get married or something. You know, because the scene with the baby's cute. The she's sitting in the crib, the baby sleeps. She finally got the baby asleep. You know, and they're just kind of talking, but you, I, I bet there's a scene on the cutting room floor with them again. The only thing that I can think of, we're going to meet Goldie Hawn's parents and we're going to meet Burt Reynolds' parents so later. So this movie reminds me, did you ever see Four Christmases with uh, Vince Vaughn and Reese no. Witherspoon? Okay, first of all, fun movie, cute movie, modern take on this idea of we've got the perfect relationship we're going to throw a wrench in the works. Mm. So that's kind of what happens here. Their relationship is fine until they start messing with it, you know? Do uh, you believe the chemistry between them? Absolutely. 100%. So, There's a shower scene and yeah. it's like it's 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 like a, it's a great shower scene between them. So apparently they were really fond of each other. They did end up dating either after making this movie or around the time mm. they made this movie. Burt Reynolds was quoted as saying he was very fond of Goldie Hawn mm. and he screwed up the relationship mm. by messing around. <laughs> Kurt Russell, not a Burt Reynolds fan. I wouldn't think uh, so. Kurt, Reynolds, Kurt Russell, uh, yeah, d did not like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> 
So just to throw that out there. And of course, Kurt's been with Goldie Hawn for like 40 years now. So, but yeah. Yeah, but no, I totally believe the, believe the chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry them. is really good. I, I actually looked to see did they ever do another movie together? No. And they didn't. Probably because of Kurt Russell. What happens, what didn't happen in this movie probably happened in real life where they screwed up the relationship and they couldn't work together anymore. Right, 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 right. Because, yeah, but, their chemistry is really good in this movie. She finally agrees to marry him. And then they're going to, they're going to get married and then they're going to go see each other's family. Yeah, I did think it was interesting that apparently they'd been together long enough that they've written movies, they're buying a house, but they've never, never met. met I parents. thought that was odd, too. But I guess the parents are over on the East Coast, and, and it's not like nowadays where you can FaceTime. No, you know, no, that's true. But so. they were together. There's a line where they, Goldie Hawn says, we've been together for five years, living together for three. So they've been together for five years at this point. I guess the parents didn't come out to California. No. Yeah, so she does agree, and she's still got some, you can tell, she's still got some hesitation. And she really wants to make it low key, you know, wants to like basically get married on the way to the airport almost, like doesn't want to tell anybody, like just wants it really, really low key. And is that where where they go? They find a um, Richard Lamborghini. Libertini. Lamborghini. Rich. So another great character. Another great character actor. Uh, you guys, if you're listening, you would recognize Richard Libertini from, if you've ever seen All of Me with Steve Martin. Fletch, he's the boss. He's in Fletch. Yep, yep. If the Procta, Procta, Lassa, Bucket Bowl, Bucket Bowl. Bucket Bowl. Aguina, Bucket Bowl. Yeah, great character. But he's in another Burt Reynolds movie. She's in Sharky's Machine. Yes, yes. And, so, and he's just in this movie for like two or three minutes. He, but he's the Mexican or Hispanic judge in this little Mexican wedding chapel in, in the south side of Los Angeles mm. that they find. Like, she wants the most low-rent, low-key, get-in, get-out wedding chapel. Yeah. And so he is uh, Richard Libertini playing this with a very broad Hispanic accent, mm. going through the vows. Are you ready? Yes! This is the English ceremony. Uh, you do not know it as well as in Spanish, so I, if you will forgive me, I will. Uh, I'll read it. I reach your bab song. You, um, you repeat it after me. What I say? I reach your bab song. I reach your bab Take the palm of corn. Take the palm of corn. To be my lawful wedded wife. For better or for worse, sickness and in hell, love and affection, love and affection, I de and don't. I'm sorry I didn't get that. I de and don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I always um, laugh when I get nervous. All right, that, that he needs to be understood. All right. Now, will you please repeat it after me? I, Paula McCollum. I, Paula McCollum. Take the Richard Babson. Take the Richard Babson. To be my lawful wedded husband. To be my lawful wedded husband. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. In sickness and in hell. In sickness and in hell. With love and affection. With love and affection. I de and all. What? I, I don't understand that. I de and all. I de and all. <laughs> by all the power vested in me by the state of California, I now pronounce you man and wife, and you may kiss the bride. What's the uh, uh, what's the phrase he keeps saying? And she's and they're like neither one of them understand. Oh, and to thee endow, I think is the phrase. And at the end of all the yeah. like, pronoun, love, honor, cherish, robot, to thee endow. And he goes, he says something like to e, like the way he says it. They can't figure it out, and they just agree to it. Yeah. But it makes her uncomfortable because she doesn't even know what she's agreeing <laughs> to. Um, and he gives her the ring and tells her, you don't even have to wear it. Like, you could just hold on to it. But she mm. wears it. Mm. She wears it. A little simple gold band. But, yeah, it was nice to see him. He is a good uh, good character actor. 
And then they get on it. They're taking a train. Yes, we have the train montage. Yes, the train montage where they're taking a train to Buffalo. Yes, now, much to Burt Reynolds' character's, uh, the writer's character, he says, are you sure you don't want to take a plane? Mm -hmm. And this is the one time where she says, no, a train is so... Like, she's being the more romantic uh -huh. person. And says, no, a train would be more romantic. And it does seem like a train, in theory, would be more <laughs> romantic. But it's small, it's cramped. Well, there's... During the train montage, there's a scene where this... Apparently, there is a common area with a keyboard in the train. <laughs> there is a common area with a keyboard, and this child is, you know, just banging on the keys next to Burt Reynolds. And out of no, and Burt, this child, he puts his hand around this child's throat. I thought that was so funny because that's what everybody would want to do. Yes, but you could not. I, 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 you couldn't do that back then. But you had now, to love that. you had to love that. I part. loved it. But if that happened now, you put your hands on a, uh, on a child, you, even if your own child, but a child you don't know, you imagine what happened now if that happened? I think that was funny, though, because um, I, I almost wonder if that was like an alternate take where maybe he was supposed to do something else, and that was just one of the alternate takes. They're yeah. on the train. Yes, they're, they're, they're on smaller, the train. They're, they got their little train car. Have you ever taken a train like for any kind of distance like that? N not, not a... Sleeper, sleeper car. Not a sleeper train, yes. I one time took a train from Chicago to... Where was I supposed to be going to? I don't even remember where I was supposed to be going to. Like, south. Missed my stop because I didn't understand. Like, I just had a seat. I didn't, it wasn't... I, I just had a seat. Um, I didn't understand that the train wasn't going to, like, fully stop for 10 minutes. It was like, we're going to slow down. You better have your bags. You have about mm. 60 seconds to get off this train, and we're going. So I missed my stop because I wasn't mm. even I, – mm. I was, like, standing in the aisle by my seat. So my only experience with the train is that I got stuck at a stop, and I had to go get off at the next stop, which was, like, Joliet, mm. and then get a ride back to Chicago. <laughs> so, I, like, I totally messed up. So, yeah, I have, I'd like to try a train one more time. Well, this train stops in Buffalo. And it's nice. There, there's nice romantic moments, but there's also, like, they're starting. It's just the beginning of them kind of picking at each other where, like, the bed's too small. The, the, it, the bathroom's too small. You know. Um, well, I'm going I'm to talk about all of this later. My take on it. Okay. Uh, but they get there. Her parents pick her <laughs> Buffalo, up. Buffalo, it's freezing it's cold. It's freezing cold. Icy, and apparently, apparently, Burt Reynolds has never been to the East. Which is, but you know, his parents live in Virginia. Yes, he went to Georgetown, so he's seen snow before. Yes, but he's acting like this is the first time he's ever been in weather under fifty degrees. I mean, maybe he's been out in LA for twenty years mm -hmm. or something. Because when the movie opens, he's wearing a Georgetown sweatshirt, and mm -hmm. his folks live in Virginia. Mm -hmm. They go to when they go shopping later. That's in Georgetown, so. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he's seen snow before. I think he just hates it. Like, he's yeah. shocked by it. No, I can understand that, yeah. Well, have you ever been to Buffalo? I've been to Toronto, which is close to sure, Buffalo. Sure, so that's the nicer side of the falls. Yeah. Uh, I've been to Buffalo in February. I've been to Buffalo in July. Mm -hmm. And that was not an inaccurate representation mm -hmm. of Buffalo in February. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen Niagara Falls frozen. I'm sure. Well, that, ha that couldn't have been a set. That had to be. They, sure. they had to have shot somewhere cold in, right. in, Where, whether in the wintertime. Whether it was Vancouver time. or whatever Yes, wherever it was, it was yeah. But yeah, so we got Jessica Tandy and Bernard Hughes mm. as her parents. And this is another one of those movies where you get a lot of great older character actors playing. This uh, gave me a uh, Christmas Vacation. It gave me that vibe. Sixteen Candles gave me that vibe where yes. you get the older, you get the older established. The, character the supporting actors. cast in this movie is really good. It's a lot of good character yes. actors. Um, Jessica Tandy, funny again. Jessica Tandy was. This was kind of even prior to her big run. This was this. This was, was before pre Cocoon and before Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. yeah. But Jessica Tandy, an established actress, yes. for years and years. I'm wondering why, and maybe they uh, they didn't get he, her husband Hume. Uh, Hume Cronin. Yeah, to play the husband. I don't know because I think Bernard Hughes is a. I thought about that this morning too in preparation for us talking about this, but. Uh, I think him Cronin is a little. I think he's, he's a bit different. more gruff. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's a little a, different than Bernard Hughes. Is this sort of, um, you know, looks like Irish <laughs> kind of, you know, dad? I, I don't know. I, he's a different type. Mm -hmm. He's a different type. 
But, um, yeah, so things are already off to a little bit of a rocky start. Jessica Tandy's character is so mm. funny in this. She just had, like, cataract surgery, mm. so her glass, her eyes are mm. kind of bad. There's some funny moments with her. Well, they go, before going home, they have to stop at a funeral yes. to a guy that he didn't like. Right. And so he gets out. So Burt Reynolds is in the car with Jessica Tandy and, and Goldie Hawn. And then go, uh, Jessica Tandy starts talking about how her husband is not having sex with her, but is masturbating all the time. Right, that he had had a stroke recently. He's been acting a little odd, mm. not having sex with her. But she finds dirty magazines, mm. which, uh, you know, so they're... So, and this seems like some kind of a frank discussion. It's Goldie Hawn's not character isn't shocked by it, but Burt Reynolds is in the front seat. Like, yeah. Oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? So they get back to the place, and they're not allowed to sleep in the same room. I don't know if they're not allowed, but Goldie Hawn doesn't feel right sleeping. And so we get this throughout the movie, too, where you see Goldie Hawn and Burt Reynolds mimicking their parents. And whether they know they're doing it or not, they, they don't know that they're doing it, but the other sees that they're doing it. Right. Uh, Jessica Tandy always always have the window open. Right. Even though it's freezing. So Goldie Hawn is always opening a window and Burt Reynolds is always closing it. Right. And then whenever he closes the window, Jessica Tandy would come in and open a window. So, right. So it's just little things like that. And so they're at their place. I feel like of the two sets of parents, her parents are the quirkier too. Yes. Well, they're quirky in the fact that her husband, Jessica Tandy's husband, while they're there, makes a pass at the maid. Yeah, there's a whole... Yeah, yeah. Goldie Hawn and... Goldie Hawn's character and the mom, they go shopping. He... Burt Reynolds just Burt goes Reynolds like is he, watching he, children. He's, he's <laughs> watching children play hockey, but yeah. I think he just wants to be out of the house. Yeah. He's out of the house. Um, maybe took a walk. Went... Who, you know, who knows what he did. Walked around the neighborhood, whatever. Um, and... Uh, yeah, this is there's a little scene where Bernard Hughes as the dad is watching the cleaning lady and decides to not just make a pass, he basically jumps the cleaning lady in the bedroom, yeah. chalking it up to it being sort of a comical situation that you know, oh well, oh, 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 oh dad. That's dad molesting the maid. Because Jessica Tandy says, oh, that's the third cleaning lady we've been yeah. through. Like, she's not even phased by it. Well, that's it. So she is not phased. She's upset that she's not having any sex with her husband. I think in this, what happens is Goldie Hawn realizes she doesn't want to become like her mom and become complacent, become a servant to her husband, and doesn't want to feel like she just is the subservient person that just puts up with her husband's odd behavior. Though Burt Reynolds has not shown any, any of that. that but all parents. throughout the movie, from her parents and Burt Reynolds' parents, is like basically she's saying you got to start waiting on your husband hand and foot, and right. she fights that. But like you said, oh. Burt Reynolds shows no signs there's a scene where Burt Reynolds goes out and gets his gets his own snack, makes his own food. So there's, it's never established that Burt Reynolds is this kind of person. The, uh, and I can see Valerie Curtin knowing the type of character actress she is. I can see her writing this in her voice, you know, where she probably is a little of that kind of like manic, not manic, uh, but, you know, that kind of stressed sort of person. So, yeah, it made sense to me. Yeah, Buffalo. <laughs> and then they drive to Burt Reynolds. And we've oh well wait we we missed the anniversary. Party. Oh, there's this big anniversary party. So that's, Burt Reynolds. That's one of the reasons I go back east is because it's it's Goldie Hawn's parents' fortieth wedding and, anniversary. Yes. So they think there's going to be a big anniversary party. They keep talking about the big anniversary party. Oh, we're so glad because he was going to leave. Yes, they wanted to leave. He wants to leave, and they Jessica Tandy guilts him in the staying for the big anniversary. for the big anniversary party. Which is just the four of them. The four of them. They come downstairs. That's it. It's the four of them. He and you know the Goldie Hawn's dad's character is like ah, what's you know who needs a bunch of guests at a party? Mm. You know, so it's just this weird kind of comical, uncomfortable mm. situation. So yeah, then they leave and they drive to. Virginia. Burt Reynolds handles it. I think Burt Reynolds he complains, but I think he handles it quite well. Yeah, it's meeting, awkward. Meeting her weird ass parents. Right. And now they go to Virginia to meet his parents, and we find out that he hasn't even told them that they're married. Yes, and she's the Goldie Hawn's I don't even think, do they even know about her? They know about okay. her. They know about her. They don't even know they're engaged. Yeah. They don't know. Um, and so, two complete, this reminded me of my grandparents, because my two sets of grandparents were very different. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, very different people, very different like kind of stations in life. And so this reminded me a little of that too. Two very different sets of parents. It reminds me of Everybody Loves Raymond, Robert Culp and uh, Hellman. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, from yes, Soap. yes. Uh, yes. Catherine. Catherine Hellman as as as, as Deborah's parents, right? And then you know Frank and Marie. Yeah, Frank and Marie. So the so Burt Reynolds' parents, instead of living in this nice, quaint, you know, Victorian or whatever kind of house in Buffalo, uh, uh, his parents live in this giant condo complex built in the Virginia Metroplex, where it's like a thousand condos in this, you know, like four different condo. But it reminded me a little bit of Chicago too. In the back of my brain, I had remembered it being Florida, but it is it was Virginia because mm-hmm. and so they. But it must be a big condo if they've got their bedroom plus a guest bedroom plus another den. Because it, it turns out that Burt Reynolds' sister is there with her two kids because she's separated from her husband. Her third husband. Her third husband. So that's sort of a lot. And they didn't know that. So And when they get there, the mom... And the, so this is Audra Lindley from Three's Company. Everybody uh-huh. knows her as Mrs. Roper from Three's Company. And Keenan Wynn, which I thought was... Excellent yes. casting as Burt Reynolds' dad, but I thought the casting was so good that uh, of him as Burt Reynolds' dad. Yeah, and of course, Burt Reynolds. You, you know how it is when you're around your folks. You <coughs> you know your folks' quirks. You know your parents and how they are. It doesn't really phase you, but outside looking in, everybody's family always seems a little weird. Yeah, and uh, you know, for example, the mom the mom takes pictures with her Kodak Instamatic mm-hmm. camera with the little square uh, flash flashbulb at the top. You know, and his dad is obsessed with. Tra- so you took the four hundred five to the no, dad. We took the one hundred three to the what? And you mean you mean you didn't get on that? And, and that's so where Goldie Hawn's parents' house was really quiet yeah. and you know kind of odd little discussion. This house is noisy. There's kids and a sister, and the parents are talking. Yeah. And everybody's talking over each other, and Goldie Hawn's just kind of feeling a little smothered mm-hmm. in this condo. You know, it, it typical. You know, you're up on some high floor in a condo. You're not going to open the mm-hmm. windows. So, you know, she's starting to feel a little smothered. Um, but well, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds tell, breaks the news that they're married. And the mom and the dad are very disappointed because they wanted to be part of it. And he's a little bit spoiled. You can tell he's a little bit spoiled by his parents as being the oldest child, the mm-hmm. only son. Because uh, even his mom kind of infers to Goldie Hawn's character. Oh, you need to start, you know, doing things for yeah. him. And... Um, but yeah, they're very disappointed because they wanted to throw him a wedding, and so they try to hide it. But she doesn't. Do she a very doesn't good. do a very good job because she calls Burt Reynolds in the kitchen and just punches him in the arm, and she so, just rails into him about how yeah. how could you do that to me? Mm-hmm. And mother, where are the pinwheel cookies at? They had some from the kids. They're over the fridge. Oh. I love pinwheel cookies. You know you can't get these out in L.A. Ow! What'd you do that for? I am so furious with you, I'm beside myself. Well, what's wrong? How dare you deny us the opportunity of seeing our only son get married? No warning, no chance to do anything, to send you anything. Not a present, not a card, not a phone call to wish you well. Your father's so upset he's out playing cards. He plays cards every night. Well, he went early tonight. Oh. Absolutely heartbroken. I wouldn't take it too lightly if I were you. The man's getting old. Mother. No, no, don't touch me. I'll be fine. Just need some time. Oh, my God. Hello. Who's calling? Oh, who? Just a minute for you, Larry, somebody. Larry? Larry. Hello, Larry. What do you mean, where am I? You called me. Excuse me. You're in New York? Look, we'll be back in L.A. on Sunday. Sunday? Does he know you just got married? Larry, they're not going to shoot the scene until... You just tell him that you're on your honeymoon. Another week. Idea, call no, we're not going to cut our vacation short. Cut we'll rewrite it when we get back. Short. Goodbye, Larry. Goodbye. You're on your honeymoon anyway. How am I going to get a party together by Sunday? We don't want a party, Mother. I can't believe it. I cannot 
Record the worst day of my life. You know. So So they decide they want to throw them a party. The parents are right. going to throw them a marriage party at a local restaurant, Clyde's, that I guess they all know. I thought Burt Reynolds handled Goldie Hawn's parents very well. But I think Goldie Hawn is not doing a very good job of trying here. Correct. I, I think he put up with your parents for a week. You can do this for a week or however long. But she just, they have this huge blowout she just doesn't want to be there i now and i i am a, an incredible introvert i don't like being around people either but she she just sort of freaks out at this party and makes a big scene well there's also extra pressure on them because ron silver shows up and tells them they need rewrites by sunday on this movie they're working on yeah. they're like we're on vacation and he has to take no for an answer he literally shows up in a stretch limo in mm. front of the condo and they drive around the parking lot of yeah. the condo <laughs> and he is like I, you need to get this done. By so Sunday. She, by so fine. Now, and, and she's like, I, she tries to use that as an excuse to leave of like, I don't think we can write here. So they both, they both try to use their job to get out of staying with the parents. Burt Reynolds tries it with her, with her parents. She tries it with, with his parents. They both put their foot down when it comes to their own parents. And throughout this, they kind of snap and pick at each other. But then they always are like, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry, yeah. honey. And they, but it's starting to escalate where... He gives her some volume. Yes, he gives her some volume after she makes a scene at the party and she takes it. So the next day, Burt Reynolds and his dad are supposed to be going golfing, but they just go out to feed the ducks. Yeah, the talk. party, the, the party's at this restaurant and she just gets a little overwhelmed with people kind of coming up to her in her mm. face. It's just a lot to take in, right? And so, yeah, so she takes a Valium the night before, then she take, you see her, she takes another one that Because morning. she's going to go shopping and going to the hairdresser with her mother-in-law and, and her, her sister-in-law sister. now. Correct. So there's a nice scene, that's a nice scene with Burt Reynolds and Keenan Wynn, yes. the father and son. Yeah, they're not playing golf, they're just hanging out, um, just having kind of a nice father-son talk. You can tell they have a good relationship. Is that where he gives them the hat? Like they both have. They the same both have cap. the same driver's cap. Yeah. yeah. And then we cut to. They're shopping. They're like, shopping. To me, the funniest moment in this whole yeah. movie is when they're coming up the escalator, yeah. and all three of them have the same hairdo. Yes. And I that was very very funny. Yes. So very typical. And, but Goldie Hawn at this point is now zonked. She's like four volumes. She, yeah. They're having lunch at. This reminded me, too, of this is a bygone thing. I like these. There's these videos on YouTube that are like things every 80s house used to have or uh, stores from the 70s. You don't see anymore. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these, but there's a bunch of these videos like this, and they're fun to watch where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So this is a thing of the bygone days is the department store restaurant, which you mm. don't really see anymore. No. Most department stores, most nice department stores, like Hudson's in Michigan uh, yeah. or Mace or – Marshall Fields or Lord and Taylor, you know, they had a nice restaurant. In Kmart. <laughs> Not Kmart. But they had a nice sit-down restaurant where you could have lunch. And the idea was to keep people keep there you in the, the store. Keep you in the store, yeah. Uh, but they were never, like, profit makers, profit centers. So, But the ladies are having a nice lady. But now, lunch. you see, we sort of, we have malls where there's right. restaurants in the malls. Right. So, yeah. Right. But the ladies are having their nice chicken salad lunch. And they're just jibber-jabber, jibber-jabber, jibber-jabber. And uh, Goldie Hawn's four volumes mm. in and goes face first into her chicken salad. Ambulance is called. Burt Reynolds shows up at the hospital. She's sorry. She's sorry. And she's like, I don't know how many volumes, volumes I took. And we go back to California. Right, because the, the, the thing that kind of put her over the edge was the mom and the sister-in-law were talking about, we should go out to the West Coast and visit. Mm -hmm. I think that's what... Pushes her over the edge. But yeah, now we're back in California. Things are very strange. Okay, so here's... This is what I don't get about this. This was just two weeks out of their life at their... And that ruined their... That ruined five years? Well, you see them on the moving sidewalk at the airport. 
And, you know, she's... Uh, they, Nothing really bad happened, though. I they think, just... They, you know, you were stuck with family for a couple of weeks. And you got on each other's nerves. That happens all the time. <laughs> I don't know... To me, there was not enough escalation of why, all of a sudden, they hate each other. And they got to break up. They don't hate each other. But I don't understand why they've ruined what was good. It was like it was two weeks out of your life. You deal with it. Now you're back home. I just don't get it. It it exacerbated the chinks in the relationship. It exacerbated the the weak points in the relationship. Which right? would have happened eventually if they would have moved in together. So it's just this just sped up the process. It just sped up the process. But and maybe that's it. Maybe the pro, instead of being screwing up. But if you this is going to happen to any couple. Where you got, you got to visit people you don't want to visit and go places you don't want to go. It just happens. And to me, it was like if you got, if you were just that much in love with each other, as I kept saying throughout the movie, that's just a little bump in the road. Speaking as a divorced woman who was married to somebody who had a uh, tent full of circus freaks <laughs> as a family, uh, I, I, you know, I purposely when I was married tried to distance myself, especially when I knew the marriage was going south, purposely tried to distance myself from... You don't have to... They don't have to see him again. They do not have to see... He can visit his parents. She can visit... They don't have to see them ever again. I think it's not that they hate each other. I think they hurt each other is the sense I got. Like, he seems very hurt. She actually seems a little better when they get... Like, there's this big thing where they're like six feet apart from each other on the walking sidewalk in the airport... And then they get to the new house that they bought, which has a leaky roof. Like, now they're in this new house. They haven't even fully unpacked yet, and the roof is leaking. It's the, Their driveway floods and pushes his car down in the embankment. That's, that's like the final thing that pushes him over the edge. Is yeah. the car. The car. But they're like, why is it raining? Because we got married. Why is the car wrecked? Because we got married. That's just horseshit. But I think that's the way people turn things on themselves, you know? Like, it was a sign. Because she wasn't, a, it wasn't like she was 100% in it to get married anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, yes. I think in real life you would probably try to work things out. But we had to go from this happy, perfect relationship to tilting it. You know, on its side like that. If this was a new relationship and they went and saw the parents, maybe. Five years. They're five years in. All I have to say is you need to see four Christmases. That's all I have to say. And maybe get engaged. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let me ask you. At this point, in this point, you and I, we are very, very good friends. Mm -hmm. I, I I I would not be too much for me to say that you are my best friend, probably, but... Uh, we've never had a big fight. That I, I was trying to think about this. I can't think of a big fight we've had. I've been mad at you. I've been irritated with yeah. you. But I, I don't. We've never had a fight. Can no. You, can you remember? I can't remember that. No. no. But that. But we. But you know. But we don't live together, and right. we work together, but sparingly. It's not. Yeah. So okay. So anyway. So now they've uh, broken up. Yeah, they're gonna get divorced. They're gonna get divorced, and. Ron Silver is not happy with the way... Oh, so by the way, to go back, when Ron Silver shows up... Silver. Silver shows up. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, the director wants the couple to walk off into the sunset. I'm like, well, there's your fucking ending right there. I'm like, that's the ending. One way or another, they are going to make that happen. And spoilers, Which that's what know, happens. So here's <laughs> this movie about a couple that are Hollywood writers, written by a couple of Hollywood mm-hmm. writers, and that is sort of the quintessential ending, right? Walk mm. off into the sunset. So it is sort of funny that they write that into this script, yeah. that that's what they want, and then, yes, spoiler alert, that's where we're headed. So but Ron... The tra- but the trailer shows you it. So Ron Silver actually locks these two... Why can't... And here's another thing. Okay, they can't work together. Just, why doesn't, okay, you write what you think, you write, at least do that to the start. Each write their individual. They're working on a typewriter, so it's not even like back, you know, it's not even like you can send Google Docs back and forth to each other. So anyway, so Ron Silver. They got a brainstorm on So Ron Silver literally locks them in a room together. You've heard that before. You know, I've, people have locked, I'm going to lock in that room. They don't realize they're locked in the room together. 
Until they start getting irritated with each other. Yes. So he locks him in the room to finish the script. They're there for hours, like seven hours. Yes. Or, so, or uh, they, they don't realize they're locked in there. They've been in there for like four or five hours, and she says, let's take a break. Mm. We're stuck. I'm hungry. They can't even agree on a place to eat. I'm, I'm sure Barry wrote this. Goldie Hawn does, which is now the old joke. Where do you want to eat? Anywhere is fine. Japanese. I don't want Japanese. Uh, how about Mexican? Mexican. No, I don't no, want Mexican. But anywhere, but anywhere. No, but anywhere is fine. How about how about hamburgers? I don't want hamburgers, but anywhere is fine. That has become an old standard joke. So then she tries to leave, and that's when they think realize that the door is locked, right? Yes. They can't get out. Okay. There's no phone. There's a bathroom. Did you notice very subtly? Because I was like, how can he keep them locked in there so long? There's a bathroom off to the. There is a bathroom. And so at this point, Burt Reynolds breaks the window. Well, not then. They they still keep trying to write. They still keep trying to write. So now we fast forward a few hours ahead. They're just not getting there. They can't get it. There's crumpled up papers Mm. everywhere. And that, she's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Her thing through this whole movie is she can't, she has trouble breathing, so she has to open a window. And so Burt Reynolds breaks this window, violently grabs her, sticks her head out the window. Can you breathe that? Huh? Does that help you breathe? Which is like, wow. But it's his culmination of all of his frustration in that one moment. And she starts crying. He feels terrible. Mm. But it had to get to that peak emotionally so that they could get back she start crying on the floor he lies next to her on the floor they start talking they apologize and this is what like uh the thing you if you're concentrating on something you can't get it done so if well, they, she said she says the worst part about this is i want to talk to my best friend and you're my best friend <laughs> you know and, and he and he's crying too he's like i know you know so they're having this like Little spooning crying, and and, she, and he gets up to he says a line and he gets up to leave and she goes you forgot the door was locked because that yeah. would have been a great ending line and he's like it would have been yeah. I know <laughs> oh and by the way Burt Reynolds I noticed thanks to you it was wearing his comedy toupee it was wearing his comedy toupee yes they're crying about each other and then all of a sudden Goldie Hawn's like now they can write the script because their mind's not on the script like if you're a writer and you have to write if you sit down you're not going to be able to write but if your mind goes somewhere else that's what happens here. But they also realize they really love yes. each other and they can get through what this was. And Yes, they, you know. they, they could get through those two weeks with the parents. I'm never going to let that go. Ron Silver, you know, the next day he lets him out and he's like, oh, this is great. And uh, is he in the corridor? No, he's not in the corridor. It's great. And, All right. And so they're walking out of this the studio, office. the studio office into the studio lot and there is a giant mural of a sunset. But you don't know that's what it is. No. You just think it's the sunset. And you think it's like dawn and they've been let out of the office. Yes, but then you see it rolled away. and then they So they literally walk into the sunset. Which in the trailer, they show you. And yeah. I, I was like, why would they show that in the trailer? So it's also in the trailer, it makes me mad. They use this stupid song when there are two nice songs in this movie. One, which was a hit song, How Do You Keep the Music uh, with James Ingram. Was that was like the heyday of these like soulful James Ingram, Jeffrey Osborne, mm. Luther Vandross, mm. uh, you know, du- music duets from maybe mm. that's an awesome song, and they used this really dumb song in the. I'll trailer. put. I'll, I'm going to start the podcast off with the trailer. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, but they show a lot of it, the thing they're going to miss in the podcast is they show a lot of these like quirky physical, uh, physical comedy things, mm-hmm. which. There aren't a ton of in this. Burt Reynolds, to me, has the best facial takes. He's he he was the master of that, yeah. relaying what was going on this through his face. Goldie Hawn, Goldie Hawn, with that yeah. too. So yeah, it's uh, it has that perfect Hollywood mm. ending. They walk off into the sunset together. Now, real life, we we mm. mentioned the real couple. They get divorced, and and apparently, Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn didn't work out either. So right, right, right. But that you know, but, you know that made way for Kurt Russell. That's right. I like this movie. It's uh, it's it's not one. I mean, I've seen it a lot. I probably back in the day, I'd seen it a lot. 
Um, but it's nice. If you like Goldie Hawn, if you like Burt Reynolds, I think it's good. It's just not a laugh a minute comedy. I like Burt Reynolds. I like Goldie Hawn. I like Barry Levinson. I like the character. I liked everybody in this movie. I just didn't like this movie. It was, I just can't get past it. Just to me, it's just ridiculous that that small period of time just broke them <laughs> without a major ins- If he, Burt Reynolds is cheating. Boom. I, oh, yeah. Per- yeah. You know, uh, Goldie Hawn uh, gets addicted to volume, and it's like you got to stop, or else I'm not. I can believe that, but just having to deal with each other's parents for one week at a time, I just can't see that breaking a marriage, uh, a, a relationship of five years plus. Only thing I could say is it's just all these little things that stack up, and it just mm. exp- it has mm. nowhere to go but ex- to erupt. Mm. You know, but then you look at. Goldie Hawn's mom. It's been stacking up for 40 years. But she just deals with it. Yeah. That's, by the way, that's a funny scene when she's in the bathtub. And her mom uh, Jessica Tandy is, is Jessica I love Jessica Tandy. Ta- yeah. Jessica Tandy's talking to her. Goldie Hawn's taking a bath and it's all hot and steamy in the bathroom. And Jessica Tandy comes in and sits down on the edge of the tub or the toilet or wherever and talks to her. Mm. And all of a sudden she goes, well... I can't see. I've gone blind. <laughs> and it's just that her glasses are steamed up, but she just says it so Well, and when they're back in the car talking and she's talking about how her she's not getting not getting it from her husband and Goldie Hawn is like, is that important? Oh, yes. I, I really enjoy sex. <laughs> she's kind of this sweet, bad yes. lady, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh... I, I, would, I probably would not watch this movie again. I, like I said, I love everybody in the movie. It's one of those things where it's like you put all the ingredients together and you don't get what you want. And I would say it's not Goldie's like greatest romantic comedy. There's ones that are, I actually like Protocol better, Foul Play 100% better than well, this. Overboard. Overboard. Overboard is, to me, Overboard is like your classic. Like You can watch it. I've probably seen Overboard 200 times. Yeah. You know, that's one of those ones where it's on TBS. And you're like, oh, Overboard's on. And next thing you know, an hour and a half has gone by. You've watched Overboard again. Oh, they're, they're playing it back to back. Right. And they even remade Overboard. They did. And uh, it wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. And this, this to me, this looks like a movie that could be remade. Well, watch Four Christmases. <laughs> they do recycle ideas a lot. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, this you could have easily done Which Is Gooder, done Four Christmases, or Best Friends because they're very similar mm-hmm. in tone. They're very similar in plot. Um, uh, Burt Reynolds. This is to me that peak time though, where Burt Reynolds is still looking really good, like he's, he's in his he's, early to mid forties. I would say that. Yeah, he's slim. He's looking good. He's his toupee is not comical. Because in later movies, you see where he has a couple of very comical toupees on. Yes. Yes. Um, it was funny. Right after I watched this movie, um, the Kingsman, the latest, not the latest, the second Kingsman movie was on. And Pedro Pascal plays a character named Whiskey in that, um, which is a direct parody of Burt Reynolds. Uh, I, 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 have you ever seen the no. Kingsman Circle of Excellence? Whatever it is. But Pedro Pascal, so you know the whole Kingsman, it's this British thing. Yes. Well, there's the Statesmen run by Jeff Bridges, which are the American mm. uh, yeah. heroes or whatever. And yeah, Pedro Pascal plays this character that is 1980s Burt Reynolds, mm. I mean, right out of the book. Mm. Yeah. And that was on right after I watched this, so it just kind of <laughs> made me laugh. Because that was one of the first times I'd really had noticed Pedro Pascal, and yeah, he's doing a dead on. Where'd they keep the dog? Burt Reynolds has this dog. They were gone for two weeks. Well... They, they had Valerie Curtin maybe yeah, take care uh, of the dog. Kenny. Ron Silver's son, Kenny. Yeah. That's a funny bit. Where That's Ron a funny Silver, bit. He keeps using his son, Kenny. We never see Kenny. Kenny might not even exist. Kenny might not even exist, but he always goes, oh, I got a, my kid, Kenny. Oh, yeah, I've got my kid, Kenny. Oh, Kenny's here right now. He wants to say hi. I did a podcast earlier about Wayne's World, how Rob Lowe sort of embodied the sleazy... You know what? That's a great idea. (laughs) However, if we do it this way, and Ron Silver, he is the opposite of that. He's not catering to your feelings. He's like, nah, this is shit. This is shit. I want it. I want it by Saturday. I don't care what you say. This is the opposite, you know, of how powerful people get stuff done. Whether you're a slime ball or you're just an asshole. So I guess that's it. I wouldn't watch it again. Steph would watch this again if it came on television. Yes. (laughs) 
All right, that's it. Uh, anything that you want to, anything that you want to promote? Just, you can um, actually come see Comedy Sports every Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock in Houston, and you might just see Scott and I, or Scott or I, performing. And uh, you can always go to cszhouston.com uh, for more information about Showtimes. All right, that's it. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll see everybody here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash scottwhite and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. You understand the word locked? That means you can't get out. You couldn't get out? You couldn't get out? I need air. I need air. She doesn't understand the word locked. Locked. L-O-C-K-E-D. Locked. Air. Oh, you want air? Well, I'll give you air. Here. Here, there's air. Come here. Stick your snout out there. You got any air? You're getting some air. has been a Cross the Streams media podcast.